spot where we encourage you to get cocky. Hey, my walk is so cocky, the bouncers don't even stop me. Ain't no pat down, no ID. They know me, that shit I be. Alright, what is up guys? Welcome back to the Get Cocky Podcast. I am your host, I'm Ryan Wheeler, and I have uh, my 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 number one, my homie here with me. And uh yeah, take it away. This is uh this is Caleb. And uh yeah, introduce yourself. What's up, what's up? I'm excited, dude. We've been trying to do this for a little while. Caleb's got a killer morning routine, um, but it makes it hard for us to do our hood rat shit at night. So Staying up past my bedtime. Yeah, way past. So I had to I had to energy energize him up here with some monsters and uh we're gonna we're gonna knock a couple of these out. So I wanna give like a little bit of a um a little bit of a backstory on our, or kind of what we're doing. So this is going to be a three-part series. We're going to try to keep them to like 25, 30 minutes, uh, but it's going to be kind of the time period of when kind of pre-quitting drinking, sort of like that first month after you quit drinking, what does it look like? And then kind of the one year. And uh, I couldn't really think of a better person to bring on than than Caleb because you are, uh, what are you at? What do you got for years without a drink? Coming up on eight. Dang. Yeah, that's wild. And dude, we have a we go have like a lot of fun. Like, there's a ton of stuff you can do not drinking, living life, living life. Yeah, doing doing wild stuff where people are like, "Dang, what are you, like what are you guys doing?" It's like, well, we don't drink, so like we can go do these things, and and we don't have to worry about the bad decision we could make being out of town, or the you know the one decision when you're out on the lake or whatever. So I think that's, I think that's, it's pretty powerful. And I've noticed that a lot of people are struggle with this and a lot of people struggle with it, uh, super quietly. Nobody knows, nobody knows it's a, it's a problem. And, and then a lot of people also don't know what life could look like. So run it, run, run us back a little bit. Give us, just give us some history about you as a person, kind of your upbringing, what life looked like, and then kind of what got you into the drinking and then, uh, yeah, and then we'll then we'll kind of get into the the quitting part. Right on. Well, I grew up here in Western Wisconsin, St. Croix County. Raised in a great family, great extended family. Grew up in the church. Grew up in Boy Scouts. I call some of my upbringing a little bit sheltered. I did not go to school. I was homeschooled. So as soon as I was done with high school. Kind of started trending toward some party kids, and uh, I did go to the University of Wisconsin, which is a big-time drinking schools. Um, I should say University of Wisconsin system schools, and uh, yeah, beer and alcohol is just part of the culture, so I started drinking more in college just to where it's accepted, and I would just say that slowly but surely... As a young adult, alcohol sort of worked its way into all parts of my life to where it was kind of a part of not just my weekend or my celebration anymore, but my, my everyday existence. So, um, yeah, went through a lot of things in between there. Didn't finish school, started a couple businesses, got married, got divorced. So kind of going through a lot of highs and lows just in life and alcohol was always there. That was always something for me to, to turn to. Um, and I wouldn't find out why the true why until many years later. So found myself in my early thirties with the girl who's now my wife living together. 
I didn't have a strong purpose in life. And uh, really, I was drinking all the time. And it was starting to become a problem. Would would you say that was when um, maybe you first realized that it was a was a problem? And was there anything that triggered triggered you to to kind of recognize or, or was there like any sort of certain event that sticks out in your mind to where you're like, Oh shit, I might actually, this might be a problem. Yeah. There's a lot of events. I think when negative things happen in your life, especially related to alcohol or drugs or addiction, that's just God trying to get your attention. That's the universe slapping you in the face and saying, Hey boy, when are you going to pay attention? So I'd gotten picked up in public for being too intoxicated, taken to the Ramsey County facility for a weekend. So you'd think, man, I'd have time to think about that. But that didn't stop me. Kept going. One of the moments that stands out to me, and I've spoken about this publicly several times, is my buddy had young kids, close friend of mine. I'm the uh, godfather of one of these kids. And they were five or six years old at the time, and they'd ask their dad, hey, dad, why is Uncle Caleb always have a beer in his hand? thought, well, shit, five, six-year-old kid can't make, make that up. That's what he thinks of me. So that really stuck with me. That made a huge impact on me. It really made me start reconsidering the path I was going down with my alcohol use. And did you feel like it was a an issue outside of what, other people thought like, was there a time where you were like, dude, this is, this is becoming an escape for me. What am I trying to get away from? Or this could lead me to, uh, did that, did those things kind of come through your mind of like, this could lead to this? Were you drinking and driving? Were you making very poor decisions that could hurt someone else? Or like, was there, was there much of that? Or was it just kind of, it had just become part of your life? Yeah, it's part of my life. I mean, if I analyze it now with a clear and sober mind, it's making all kinds of bad decisions or decisions that could have led to the harm of myself or the harm of someone else, certainly drinking and driving and try to avoid that or take the train or something. But either way, I'm putting myself in sketchy locations with sketchy people at sketchy hours of the night. I'm just not, all these decisions added up are not trending my life in any sort of positive direction at this point. Right. Right, right. What was the so when you got with Lindsay, you were you were drinking, right? Oh yeah. And what was her? How did that go? Was there? Did she bring up? Because was she a drinker then? No, she wasn't. I, there's only a handful of times we drank together um, due to some sort of medical things. She's just not drinking more than half a drink ever, and so it would just kind of be she'd be along for the ride. If, Caleb would start drinking, you know, shit, the whole night would turn upside down and here she'd be taking care of me. So she put up with it for a long time as she does with all my shenanigans to this day, but she did draw a line. Here's another wake up call. It's a Tuesday night. It was a 1029 bar in Minneapolis. It had text on my phone, like, where the hell are you? And I'm like, dude, chill. I'm just, just my bro having one beer, which is probably four to six at that time, but it wasn't just an average day for me. It wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't anywhere I wasn't supposed to be. I was literally hanging out with a homie. So, man, this is what's going on. So I didn't hustle home, but by the time I got home that night, she literally had her shit packed, like pictures off the wall, fucking dishes packed up. 
Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Later, nerd. Yep. And what was that? What was her? So was she kind of silently just getting beat down by by the repetitive, just just those little decisions and and. Oh yeah, we haven't even gotten into dozens of episodes and stories, but um, yeah, she had just kind of had enough. She's talking to some of my close friends, and you know, I know they're counseling her how to deal with it and how to pray for me, how to live with it. You know, this was a situation where it was going to be me making the decision uh, to to get out, and thank God that's the way it went, or you know, would have been a lot worse. Yeah. What was the, so run me through, and I don't even know if I have heard this part, this actual piece of your story, but what was your, um, what was your exit from drinking? When was your, what was your last drink? You got a a brain like nobody I know. So I know you remember these things. You remember details. Dude can pull dates from stuff 10 years ago and it's, it's wild. But what was your, what was that last, was there something that led to the last, like the very last night, the very last day, the very last drink? Do you remember what, how that looked? Yeah. I mean, I just come off a weekend where I rode the train downtown, try to meet some coworkers at the time. So this was eight years ago, 2015. I actually got turned away from an uh, entry into, this is just sketchy stuff. I had a knife on me. They turned me away to the club downtown. Because I was sagging my pants too low or something. Here I was all pissed off and I just wanted to to keep drinking. So, um, and so were you already drinking though? Oh, yeah. I, oh, okay. And then I, it I rolled was, the train. It was rolling into another place. Yep. Yeah. So I, I just was in a sketchy situation down there, uh, somewhere I didn't need to be. You know, here my girl's at home and I'm hanging out with other people. And it just, it wasn't, uh, a great situation. So that was Saturday night, Sunday drink. Monday night was, was Monday, the April 13th, 2015. Had gone to happy hour, somebody's birthday. And came home, and that's that's where I started texting with my buddy Joe. And he said, hey, what do you think? I was like, yeah, this is... Uh, this, this could be it. You know, this is out of control. I'm ready to try a new direction. So that's when I made a decision like, hey, why not? This is not making things better after drinking every single day. This is just getting worse and worse. You know, I'd had enough. I'd, I'd gotten the message, the wake-up call. So, yeah, my last drink was Talisker 10-year scotch. And the next day, woke up, went to work, packed up all my booze and took it out of my house for good that was it that was it just like that made the decision stuck with it did you have when when that when that happened so for me when i quit drinking that was a i had like time frames in my brain where i'm like you know what i'll just do this for like six months i'll prove i can do this i'll work on getting my wife back and then i can go back to to drinking and then as we kind of as i kind of worked at and got towards that i'm like okay well let's just let's do a year like let's just do one year and then i'll know i can for sure stick stay with it um did you have that or were you just like no i'm just done with this forever like how does your brain work because i know that for a lot of people that's really really hard to think about not having alcohol be part of their life forever and sometimes it takes 
having it be out of your life for one week and then be like, oh man, that one week was good. Or the other side of it is people stop for one week and they're like, all right, now let's get hammered because we're done with that one week. I did it. Cool. That's good. Or 40 days or whatever. I gave it up for Lent. whatever the reason is people then just go all in right after, or some people get where they're like, yeah, I didn't need it. Why keep going? What was your, did you have any of that? Yeah, I think your, your last point, I've never really got the idea of quitting something to jump back into it, even though that's people most commonly do that with dieting, right? Hey, I'm mm-hmm. going gonna to cut this weight. I'm on a diet. And then at some point the quote unquote diet ends and weight comes back. Yeah. Uh, or a challenge they, or, yeah, or, or yeah, whatever. They, they just picked up the old behavior. They didn't really solidify that as their new default action. So uh, yeah, you talk about mindset and time frames. This is very important. This is what I talked all my guys today about is the importance of long-term thinking. And I was not thinking long-term. Um, and in the realm of addiction, sometimes you're trying to make it to the next minute and then the next hour or next day. So I did not, I was not thinking on the time scales that I think about today when I'm setting goals or just when I think about the world in general, I was thinking I need to stop. I did not have a time frame in mind. I just knew, Hey, weeks or months, it was very, very limited in the short term. And as time went on, you know, we could talk about that. The goalposts move as they always do and sort of evolved into today. Yeah. Yeah. That's freaking sweet. So give us, uh, the, the podcast is obviously, as you know, cause you've been, you've been ground level in the whole thing and every idea and every, uh, move and, and really everything I've done in the last, I don't even know how many years has it been? I don't have to know these things cause I can just go to him. His brain functions this way. Yeah. Well, when did we meet? Five years. Five years. All right. I was going to say three. Five years. It's freaking sweet. So you've seen you've seen all the stuff. You've seen everything that's gone on with my stuff, my crazy, the, the all over the place. Uh, and you've always been kind of the one that I can go to when I, I know what I need to hear, uh, but I don't really want to hear it, but I can ask and then I'll get it. And uh, at first that was kind of like, I didn't do that very often because it sucks to hear. Uh, and now it's like, man, when there's something, I need a decision or I need to know something. Even if I don't take action on it, this is the dude. This is one of the dudes I go to. Uh, but talk a little bit about what you do and, and kind of your your stuff that you're doing now. Because uh, obviously the podcast is the Get Cocky podcast where like, I want to know why, like what makes you, what are you so good at that others might look at that you're cocky? And I think one of the big things for me is to see how you, from my point of view, how you carry yourself, how you handle yourself, and then also how you uh, nurture relationships, especially with um, with men and with people that you're just to bring value to their lives. Um, and uh, and and some of them aren't asking for it at first until because uh, I mean you're aggressive. Like when someone meets you, um, they don't ever forget you. What is uh? Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Like, what, where are you at with with your personal development, with the things you're doing, with what your your kind of your mission in life right now is? Yeah, well, that's that's a lot, but um, it certainly comes from that that ground zero of saying my life's not going in the right direction. I need to turn this around. I'm I'm I, I'm going backwards, not forwards. I don't believe you're ever stagnant. You're you're literally just moving forward or backwards. Uh, in life towards your goals or farther away. And if you don't have any goals, you're, you're 
going the other way. So I was at that point when I quit drinking and from there ended up rekindling sort of my entrepreneurial spirit. Um, once I sort of had my wits about me and decided this was going to be a, a permanent decision, um, ended up starting a business less than two years later, got into personal development. We met, um, mostly because I was on a mission to surround myself with like-minded individuals that were chasing bigger dreams than the world that I knew. And so just pushing forward in all areas uh, of my life. So today I'm married to my beautiful wife. I've got two children, one of uh, which is on the way here. So super excited about that this year. Yeah. (laughs) One of my major goals as I sort of shifted gears out of, you know, being in the depths of addiction was getting my confidence back and being willing to share my story. That's been on my mind since 2017. That was my goal that year is to, to share my story one time and to continue to do that on any platform. So most of that's been in, in private conversations. And the last year I made a push to, to share more on social media. I'm mostly active on Twitter at this point and to really just get my story out there about addiction, long form tweets and threads and, you know, putting it out an offer to work with guys help them straighten their life out, set goals, realign on, hey, you've got so much more potential than where you are. Addiction is just wasting your time. You got more inside you. Let's go. Yeah. Let's put something together. Because if I did it, anybody can. Right. Right. And I think that's that's something that a lot of people overlook is the fact that literally, like, there was nothing special about you that other people don't have. As far as making that decision, that was a decision you made. And the difference was you just stuck to it. And that's with, with everything I've done and with my journey in this whole world of not like to live in a world where alcohol is everywhere and to choose not to partake, not to have any, and not to, and then also to get life to where, like, I don't, I don't even know what it's like. I don't remember anymore. What is it even like to live in that space? Like what's, what's a hangover? Like, are you kidding me? It's so nice to wake up in the morning after a night out. We still go out. I still hang out. I still go out with, uh, with friends and we still have fun and all the way to the point of where I've been accused by other people of he had to have been drinking again. Cause he was like, he was having fun and he looked, he had to have been drinking. How was he out that long? And with, and it's like, well, cause because you can still have fun without it. So yeah, I think, uh, man, this is this has been good. This has been fun to fun to hear from from your kind of your perspective of, of this, and and to really give people that uh, that boost that like, hey, it doesn't it does not take anyone special. It doesn't take. I mean, I'm all for the AAs and the programs and all that stuff. Did you ever do anything for any sort of rehab program or AA or? or meetings, or groups, or church, or, or did you do anything that was like sanctioned? I did do nothing that was formal or sanctioned. I had a lot of people around me. Uh, one of my good friends is also 12-stepper, and he's been close to me on the whole journey. He was there before, he's there during, he's there after. So um, I had some support that way, but formally I didn't I didn't do any outpatient or inpatient, anything like that. I just uh, made a decision and started surrounding myself with different and better people. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's wild when we go do stuff and like don't drink, but yet you know we find ourselves in I don't know 
gay bars in Denver and, uh, you know, just all the things we've, <laughs> the situations we've put ourselves in. And when I'll share stuff on social media and people are like, what, what were you doing? You, and you guys, you guys don't drink. It was like midnight and you're out at a, I'm like, yeah, no, we don't, neither of us drink. And, and people are like, a lot of people are in shock, especially because they see Wisconsin. They hear we're from Hudson. They're like, isn't that all you guys do in Wisconsin? And uh, unfortunately, that is a, there is a lot of that around us, you know, every, every which way you turn, that's, that's a huge part of a, a lot of people's lives. So what else you got? Anything else in this kind of, in this phase, like the leading up to uh, the decision and, and kind of making that decision to quit drinking? Yeah, just I, I think there's always something there to sort of jostle people and knock them awake and let them know that they're headed down the wrong path. If you look, all the stories I've heard, there's some multiple indicators and red flags for people. Those are warning signs, you know, that God's given you along the way. And sometimes it, uh, you know, takes some supernatural intervention. So I'm grateful for all the people that came alongside me and, you know, slapped me awake. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's huge. And, uh, and, and that is something where, um, like for me, I mean, I, I got to my, my rock bottom and mine was alcohol and drugs. At the end of the day, the alcohol was what was fueling all of, uh, I mean, so much of the decision-making and I lived in that space for so long that that was all I knew. So for me personally, one of the things leading up to when I quit drinking was a shit ton more drinking, um, and actually living a life where I, I was at the point where I didn't really care if I lived or if I died. And then when you have that attitude towards life, you, you know, your decision-making is completely flawed. Um, but I would like for people, like what, one of the things I try to share a lot about is like, you don't have to go to that rock bottom because there's a lot of people that hit that rock bottom and, and, like bad things happen at rock bottom, you know, you can lose when you skate that line. I mean, you, it, it can go the other way too. And then you can die. I mean, or you can kill somebody or you can, I mean, I used to be joke around. That was like the designated drunk driver. Cause if anyone's going to be driving well, after drinking, like I'm not trying to get in the car with you guys, I'll drive. And I look back at that now and I'm like, Jesus, like, what was I? it's it's almost hard to even talk about because it's it's embarrassing like the way I lived my life the way I treated my wife um, the way I was for my son when my son was born and just not being active there for my wife lying uh, always I'm gonna be home I'm gonna be home I promise I'll be home this time I'll be home and then you know I shut my phone off and and try to get home at three four in the morning and um yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to think about. It's, uh, but I, I feel it's very, very powerful for people to hear and for people who are on that fence or in, and I, I want people to see that you do not have to go to that place. Like listen to some of these people that are around and listen to find people to kind of attach yourself to, uh, even if that is on social media that are, you know, living that life and you, and you watch some of the things people are doing and building, since they quit drinking and the lives they live without alcohol, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And I would say what you and me get to do on a daily basis is, is pretty spectacular. And we 
100% for sure would not be doing this if we were drinking still. That's right. No doubt in my mind. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap this one up. This was uh, this was episode one. There is going to be three of these. The next one, um, I'm not sure when it'll drop, but it'll be coming out pretty quickly behind this. And I will be back here with Caleb and we will talk, be talking about what changes in your life after that day where you make that decision to quit drinking and kind of what the next, uh, you know, month to three months looks like. So we appreciate you guys. If you got any value from this, uh, make sure you, you, uh, share it out. Also, Caleb, where can, uh, where can they find you for a, before we go? Twitter, Twitter. What's your Twitter? Caleb underscore Arthur, A R T H U R the trap King trap King. Yes, sir. Awesome guys. Thank you so much. Peace.